like James Baldwin said, I think in 76 or 68, uh, if a white man says, give me liberty and give me death, the whole white world applauds. But if a black man says exactly the same thing, word for word, he's judged a criminal and treated like one and everything is done to make an example of this bad nigga so there'd be no more like him. And he said that shit at 67, 68, 72. He was saying that shit over and over again until he died. And it's still as relevant today as it was uh, back then. Ben, ben. going on family welcome to another episode of the fatherhood village podcast the official home for proud fathers and mentors i'm dale holloway here with kev hick we are your tfv host kev what's happening how you doing man man i'm good brother no complaints awesome awesome so i heard you uh you were talking to me just a little bit ago about selling the crib man congrats congratulations yeah. i'm, I'm yeah. glad you uh Got that monkey off your back. I know that was stressing you. Yeah, for yeah, it's been a big, it's been a big uh, focal point in in our uh, process and, and what we got planned. So um, to get that part of the plan out of the way, uh, especially at the time we did, I mean, we sold at the very tip top of the market. Like you couldn't have got any closer to the perfect time to sell than when we sold our house. Nice. Um, and you know, right after that, people were listing their prices for a lot lower. I, like I said, I don't think it was a, a better time to sell. And so for what we were trying to do, which is, you know, put a big down payment on the house we're building, uh, we got the biggest possible down payment now um, just because we had really good luck in our timing. Uh, so, yeah, man, we, we've been moving, but, you know, it's a big, big weight off of our shoulders just to have that part of the plan out, out of the way, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And y'all made some pretty good change on it, man. So that's that's always the icing on the cake, man. So. Excellent. Love to hear about that. Um, but uh, just a little bit on my side, uh, as far as the weather, man, it was 80 degrees a day. And for context, uh. those that may not know, <laughs> I'm in Alaska, up way up oh, out the God. way. Way yeah, up people was crawling. People was crawling in the streets, sweating. Right. Didn't he know what to do. Serious. Um, yeah, we, we're enjoying it, man. It's a little bit of rain coming later next week, but... Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, we need to get cooled off after this. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, we're going to get right into it. This episode, we're going to cover critical race theory. And uh, we're going to uncover the the origin of it, what it is. Uh, some of the same talking points I'm sure a lot of people have heard, but we wanted to kind of dissect it uh, and add our perspective to it. And we're going to actually, I guess kind of decide for our own opinion, if it's safe to teach grade school students as we're hearing that it's in, in some aspect, in some spaces, I guess it's being taught or elements of it are being discussed and introduced to grade school students. Um, All right, Dayo, so before we continue, I wanna give a shout out to our sponsors, Let's Get Checked. 
Listen, fellas, low testosterone can cause muscle loss, erectile dysfunction, reduced sex drive, fatigue, obesity, and symptoms of depression. So if you're having trouble making gains at the gym, putting it down in the bedroom, maintaining adequate energy levels, staying lean, having mood issues, you could in fact have low testosterone. I can say from experience that Let's Get Checked makes getting tested easy with next day delivery. You just receive your test, send it off, and get your results in two to five days. Get your testosterone levels checked today at trylgc.com forward slash TFV. Again, that's trylgc.com forward slash TFV. The coupon code TFV gets you 30% off in the checkout. As men and as leaders, we got to be fully functional out here. The array of home health test kits available from Let's Get Checked makes staying on top of your health easy. So check it out, guys. The link's in the description. Now let's get back into this conversation. From what I understood and from what I've heard, it's for law students in college. And so it's, it's kind of unfamiliar to a lot of folks. And for grade school students specifically, I think it's, it's kind of out of touch as far as their curriculum anyway. So uh, I don't even know. I mean, if it is being taught, it's, you know what I'm saying? Numerically, it has to be a, a finite number. So uh, let's start with the, the definition. So let me pull that up real quick. Okay. So I uncovered a definition. I'm sure it's a, a few sites that have the definition, but I'm on thoughtcode.com. And uh, so the definition and how they frame it, uh, first of all, it's, it's coined by legal scholar Kimberly Crenshaw in the late 1980s. The term critical race theory first emerged as a challenge to the idea that the U.S. had become a colorblind, in quotations, society where one's racial identity no longer had an effect on one's social or economic status. So... Um, bringing that forward, we know just on the premise of racism, it's a social construct and yeah. it, it, it really subjugated and, and uh, took full advantage of blacks, obviously rooting from, from transatlantic slave uh, era. So it just kind of it grew and matured to, to the different versions we see post-slavery. So really quick, when did you hear about this, this theory, Kev? And I guess subsequently from the news and the rumblings, especially the, the knee-jerk reaction from, from the far right, what, give me, give me some, some things that you've heard and from, from your idea or, or from how you understand it, is it even worth all that has become as far as this uproar? You know, we're hearing in the media. No, I, I don't think it is. Um, um, I think, you know, there, there's a time and place for everything. And for most of us, I'm not sure that I want to, I want to beat a kid's psyche up with the idea that, he's somehow or another less than someone else before he's old enough to understand those things. So as far as, as critical race theory being taught to very young children, I think there's a time and place and methodology that needs to be applied to that. But as far as critical race theory being taught to high schoolers or college kids where, where it started, I don't feel like it, there's anything wrong with it. And 
the conservatives are just arguing that teaching racism is racism, which is interesting coming from the party who say that we're erasing history when we erase the symbols of history. They're actually trying to erase the teaching of history, which is a whole, like that actually erases history. That has the literal effect of erasing history when we get a generation of people who don't have this perspective and this awareness and this knowledge of what happened uh, and what continues to happen and what continues to affect us. Uh, And I suppose if oppression and, and racism and the effects that therein were were past tense. I could see someone who felt like they had nothing to do with it justifying being against the teaching of it. The problem is it's still very much present tense. Mm-hmm. You know, many of many of uh, the things that we go through uh, and many of the things that we experience as, as Black Americans is, you know, it's, it's real to us day in and day out. Every day, we we understand critical race theory from a very personalized perspective. And so people need to know that that's still around because you don't get changed without awareness, without knowledge, right? Uh, you must first acknowledge an issue to to solve it. And so critical race theory uh, provides us an opportunity to to get the college educated and even some uh, advanced high school students an opportunity to know things and have a perspective of the experience of others around them that they didn't know about further giving you know people in the future and the next generation an opportunity to really have uh, you know more equality through their awareness and through the knowledge that there's there's not uh, as much equality as we like to think we have right now uh, so I'm for critical race theory uh, but I'm always a little bit skeptical about introducing it to elementary school kids and, and things of that nature because I feel like there's a time and place and I want my son to just feel great uh, to, to learn all the other things that matter about his about his self-esteem, about his self-awareness, about, you know, how he, how he wants to be, what type of person he wants to be. You know, like mm-hmm. kids are trying to discover everything about them you know, in elementary, and you have to give them space and room to do that in the absence of, you know, what the, what the idiot adults are still up to. Right. And I, I right. think that to be, to be ignorant of, of that, to be young uh, is a, is a privilege because it, it doesn't box you into a particular mindset that the kids across the, the classroom from you are, are somehow or another a part of your oppression because kids are kids and as much as they might benefit from oppression i don't want to pin racism and oppression on a 12 year old or an 11 year old i I want them to to get to a place where they see each other you know as human beings and then learn about the backgrounds and and decide that hey i've always loved this type of person that was different for me i want to help them i want to i want to contribute i want to love these people um, what can we do to stop this? Because I don't feel this way because my experience has been this. Right. We, we have to get to a place where we let our children maintain their innocence uh, until reality, and it always does, smacks them in the face and, uh, uh, and or right before that point. And so maybe, maybe middle school, uh, high school, definitely college at, at, the, at, at the latest, but I don't think a bunch of seven and eight year olds need to be listening to, you know, anything about why they might not be equal in the same classroom. But I understand it. That's the type of shit you teach at home, right? In context right. to to the conversation, but to have a, ch- a teacher or someone who might not even 
care about the subject, might not support the teaching of the subject, might not have the perspective um, or, or the, 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 the kid gloves that you need uh, to handle that uh, very delicate uh, subject matter, talk to your kid for you, I think that, that could be dangerous because you don't know who, who the source of this education is if it's been given to the public school system. Wow. I'm not saying that I, I don't teach my son about racism and I don't teach my son about, uh, you know, just society as a whole, even though, even though he's seven. I'm just saying that I'm not sure I want the school um, doing that outside of the context of my child's very unique personalized experience that he can understand because I'm teaching him in real time when it's relevant and when it's in context. I don't yeah. want him to be badgered with it. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, it kind of puts you in a bind. You're kind of in a dilemma because obviously you want to frame it for their age. Right. We have, we have young kids, you know, from ages, uh, my son's three and your oldest is seven. So we want them to be aware and informed, but there's, there's levels, right? And you have to kind of be keen on their vulnerability because you want to kind of protect their innocence, uh, their ingenuous, uh, you know, frame of mind. So- And their optimism. Exactly, exactly. Because like I said, you don't want to cast that, that shadow of doubt, but you don't want them to have a preconceived or, or build any preconception of those they, they play with, those they're in school with, those they interact with, um, up to a certain point. You know, obviously they want to understand the innate differences and the obvious differences, like, hey, we're a different race, we're a different background, um, but we're all human beings. We all deserve the same treatment, fair treatment, uh, and those of, of the sort. So, and, and when I heard that this was being taught in, in grade school environments and in classes, I was like, really? Like, who's pushing this? Who's asking for this? Um, where do you fit this in their curriculum? Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it just seems as though, you know, it's, it's, it was, it was a, a media frenzy before it was even public knowledge, it seemed, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. but like I said, there's a time and a place, man, you kind of want to spoon feed, you know, a little bit of this information, um, as they get older and, and start to discern different things, um, yeah. because they're going to see things on the news. They're going to see things you're reading about. They're going to overhear conversations you're having with other adults. So the questions are going to come. So obviously we want to prepare ourselves and, you know, filter some information and, and keep it as simplistic as possible because I'm not going to lie. I want to kick it to them so straight and early, but I know it's, I don't want to damage them. And then they just, you know what I mean? I, I just don't want to yeah. get into that whirlwind. Um, and I, and I know the wife won't appreciate it, man. Cause you know, I, they're, they're going to understand like, okay, something's different. The older they get, they're like, man, something ain't right. Why are they looking at me? You know what I'm saying? And then we'll start to unpack that slowly and, and ease into it, man. So. 
you know, um, the funny thing about this is no one was really pushing it. Right. Like there was a, a couple French communities starting critical race theory at obviously the way too young. Uh, but conservatives just, to be honest, needed something to grasp onto. And um, when the all of these race riots, and, uh, these protests and and really the riot from the other side, just trying to figure out how to rise up against a hard rising up, you know, the revolution mm -hmm. against the revolution. Um, they had to find a justifiable way to be upset at something. Yeah. And they don't always have a reason. And somebody Googled enough to figure out, oh, okay, I think, I think they should stop uh, teaching critical race theory. So then a couple you know, hyper conservative Republicans said, you know, this is a good, this is a good issue to, uh, to, to run on because I can get, I can speak to the alt rights without, you know, without calling them by name and mm -hmm. I'll still have the same support base as Trump. So I'm fighting the blacks on behalf of the conservatives and I'm fighting this critical race theory, you know, and mm -hmm. I feel like it was, it was a ploy to, to basically call Trump's base without aligning yourself with Trump because at the yeah, time he wasn't. Yeah, a, a, a dog whistle. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was a dog whistle. So, but but the thing is, those those marketing ploys are really beautifully uh, played because we're talking about critical race theory as a whole now, which is absolutely paramount, 100 and 1,000% necessary. Yeah. But now they've called the whole thing into question. No one, no one ever says, okay, well, where is this applicable? Where is it not? Right. Let's take it. Let's not do that to elementary school kids. That's a lot of stress for a seven-year-old to bear, yeah. but hell the 16 year olds that are probably going to be pulled over and, and stuck up by the police when they leave and get caught in the wrong area, probably need to know this stuff. Right. Yeah. Like there, right. There's a, there's a point where you need this information. If you're, especially if you're um, uh, non-black because you need to understand why, yeah, uh, the conditions exist that they are, and uh, and, it, and, for, and how close how close you are to to the outside world and in today's society. Absolutely, kids, you know they, you know what I'm saying. They're, in a nutshell, they don't really see a lot of that. They're kind of sheltered in, in certain right. ways. They don't have those right. same interactions. But yeah, go ahead. But but the 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 conversation isn't when is it appropriate. The conversation is let's ban critical race theory, which Why? is ridiculous. That doesn't Why? make any fucking sense. Yeah. That's only only a racist would want to ban critical race theory. Totally. Right. A theory. Now, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> trying to ban it at universities, at high schools. At, like they're trying yep. to ban it totally and mm -hmm. as un-American propaganda, which is propaganda is, is basically political uh, correctness for bullshit. Right. Yeah. A propaganda yeah. is a term that means bullshit. It's mm -hmm. not bullshit. It's, it's, it's the reality we live in. We've always lived in and we'll probably continue to live in because of this, the systems and the, uh, the, the systems and the infrastructures uh, built around this country uh, for, for white supremacy. So I think that we're having the wrong conversation, but because we allowed the wrong people to start the conversation, it becomes about critical race theory as a whole instead of where it's applicable and where it might not be applicable or where it's appropriate, where it's not appropriate. Right. They've demonized the whole thing. Just like uh, in a Black Lives Matter protest, you have three or four people come from out of state, not even in the issue, 
break a couple of windows just to cause some havoc. They're not even with Black Lives Matter or nobody. They're just some yeah. random motherfuckers that want, got bored. And on the news, they'll say Black Lives Matter has violent oh, yeah. protests. And, and it's just, you've blown the whole thing up. You've discredited the whole thing when really it was a couple individuals that had nothing to do with anything outside of having a good time being poor, destroying shit because they, they resent mm-hmm. the fact that they don't have shit. Yeah. That is that's exactly what's being done here. That this is this is how they they blame us for everything. No matter what we do, they find one or two individuals doing it wrong, or doing it in a way that is unpalatable, or less palatable, and then the whole thing has to go because two people pissed them off. Even wow. though, if it was anybody else, any other group of t- people, they're allowed their 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 systems. Their protests, their groups, their representation is all allowed to be imperfect and still live in the ex- and, and exist while making those improvements and while making those adjustments. Uh, black anything, if it has the word black attached to it, if it has a word race attached to it and the oh, implication man. is black, has no opportunity for imperfection, for evolution, for growth. The minute an imperfection is caught, the whole thing is demonized and is stomped out. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing right now with critical race theory. No Absolutely. real, no, no stable-minded individuals like, yeah, let's go teach a bunch of six-year-olds how to hate their neighbor. That's not, and, and, or, or how your neighbor hates you. That, that's not what that was. It's probably one or two people got a little bit out of line, had a, probably watched too many police killings and, and went, to, went to work and was like, let me tell you something, little kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and it became a bigger thing. And instead of saying, listen, bro, you had a bad day. You watch too much news. Yeah, some brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's go, yeah. let's calm it down now. Let, go be a college professor if you want to teach that. Go go talk to the sophomores or the juniors or the seniors. That was just something that needed correction. And instead of correcting it, they're trying to destroy it because it stumps our voices out. Yeah. Right. And the only way to perpetuate racism is to perpetuate the idea that it doesn't exist. That's the right. easiest way to be they're, racist. They're, they're colorblind. Without saying anything racist. Yeah, that, yeah, they're, just, they're just challenging that, that sentiment, man. And that's, yeah. to me, that's BS. Uh, obviously, in, in the U.S., um, because you know, because it's, it's it's built within the fabrication, you know, uh, uh, of the foundation of this country, man. So, but but going back to some of the things that that you brought up, so I was hearing that I forget what state. I'm, it, it may it may cross my mind as I'm speaking about it, but this lady on this on this interview was saying that. At her child's school, they separated the white students from the black students. And for to, to sum it up, they basically were separating them to expose or to exemplify that the white students were the superior group and the black students were the inferior group and the white students were the oppressor. And, you know, the, the opposing group was the oppressed. So... It, like you said, it is a way that you go about teaching this and, and bringing this forward. Right. And like I said, I'm I'm definitely against the the teachings in elementary classrooms and things. I don't I don't even know how that ended up. If let, that's even a thing, let the I, adults I, let the right. adults deal with the bullshit. You know, let the adults be adults. You know, right. And I don't like I said, I don't think there's. I feel like you had to be almost damn near. I don't know. I was about to say damn near licensed to, to teach this shit because you can't just, you know, you spitball anything. Put, 
You know what I mean? Right. Like, and to fit that's certain exactly narratives. what that was. Yeah. That experiment, that, that separation, the oppression experiment, that was somebody who had an idea to illustrate. They didn't think it through. They didn't think the implications through. They didn't think the impact through. They just had this bright idea. Oh, I can, I can show them how like this. Yeah, but you just had left a very real tension in a classroom that didn't have that tension before. After you don't need these kids feeling the tension of racism, right? Not, not right now. Not as young children. There's a time and place for those real conversations when a, a kid has discernment. When a kid has wisdom, when a kid's developed uh, 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 the complexity of comprehension, right, uh, and the life and the life experience that allows them to to deal in dualities, yeah, without and feeling those like connections oh, and associations, right, 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 but not not it, not when the the simplified mind of a child that is just not um, that's not the time. But that was one that again we we, we can probably pick one to 12 isolated incidences of somebody doing that. But that I'm, I know you went to school like I went to school. Man, we wasn't yeah. getting that shit. So nah. I, it, it's not a thing that's being taught everywhere. It was, it's a couple people had an idea. Uh, they, they got a little bit too liberal with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They fucked up. And it's over with. Like, it wasn't a thing to begin with. Hey, you can't do that. But they trying to stop it for everybody, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that everything we do right, wrong, or indifferent, they'll try to stump out and stop. Like James Baldwin said, I think in 76 or 68, uh, if a white man says, give me liberty and give me death, the whole white world applauds. But if a black man says exactly the same thing, word for word, he's judged a criminal and treated like one and everything is done to make an example of this bad nigga so there'd be no more like him. And he said that shit in 67, 68, 72, he was saying that shit over and over again until he died and it's still as relevant today as it was yeah. uh, back then and all that they had to do was grab one of these bad niggas and make an example out of them so they can stump all of our messages out and that's that's kind of what's happening with critical race theory because it's extremely important but it, ha- it needs to be done with tact and it needs to be done by experts uh, that understand how to apply that message and how to teach it without alienating the the, the class or the listener or the, the receiver of the message yeah. but also providing the perspective in a way that is, is, um, is helpful. And, and I just, I feel like that just was a couple of people that fumbled the ball and right. now they're using it to fuck off the message to, for everybody. And it, and it didn't surprise me to hear that Ted Cruz, <laughs> did you, he said critical race theory in itself is racist. I'm like, man, what? Like people are really speaking out of turn, not understanding the, the real definition not taking the time to read some of these books on these on these but they not they're not misunderstanding they're committed to their mis like they they yeah, they understand ignorance. Yeah. but it, it really ain't ignorance though they're, it's their job to know shit they mm. know and that's what that's what's funny about it is they they're made this is an evil ploy to stump out the black voice that this is exactly what that is he's not mistaken he knows what, exactly what critical race theory is. But when he gets on that microphone, he's going to tell you that critical race theory is black racism being taught to our, ki- our kids, our children. Our family values are under attack. He's not confused about what's happening. 
but he pretends to be confused because it has to look innocent when you attack black people. And he, and he knows his audience and then they're going to just go around Absolutely. with it. <laughs> yeah, because, because the audience is committed to their misunderstanding. The audience yeah. gets their information and their, from sound bites and news articles and, and Fox News quotes. That's the audience. But the orchestrator, the, the, the conductor of the orchestra knows the song. He knows exactly what's happening. It's, it's the audience who, who hears the song and doesn't know the intricacies. They don't hear all the instruments. They just hear a wonderful symphony, right? But it, or, the orchestra conductor can tell you exactly who's playing, when they're supposed to play, what pitch they're supposed to play, how many horns are playing at a time, how many strings are being struck. The orchestra conductor knows exactly what is going on. And that's kind of what we get with the Fox News and, and all of these hyper-conservative uh, outlets trying to change history and, and and dictate what black people mean when they say anything or do anything, the oppressor still gets to decide what our meaning is and what we mean when we do something. This is a very definition of racism, right? Institutional racism is black people as a whole can stand up 40 million strong and say, hey, when we said this, we mean this. Four white people behind a podium with political uh, uh, assignments can say, nope, they mean, mean this. this, right? Yeah, and and that's it. And then that becomes law because their mm -hmm. audience are the audience of a symphony. They don't know the intricacies of that symphony. All they know is that the song plays to the and it plays to the beat of their own drum. They agree with it. It sounds good to them, and that's all that matters, right? right. And critical race theory, Black Lives Matter, shit. Anything to do with civil rights and until enough people wise up in, in general is the conductors, the politics and the politicians and the, the judges and the, uh, the, the people over our infrastructure, the billionaires and the lobbyists that know exactly what is happening, but will misconstrue the message on purpose because they know the mm -hmm. audience is too stupid to hear the mistakes in the symphony. Mm -hmm. And that's all that is. Yeah. The audience is mistaken, but the the politicians are dead old. They know what the fuck going on. They just pretending. Right, right. And they ascribe to everything they say. They 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 don't think critically about anything that they're hearing. None of that. They don't fact check. They just take it for face value, man. So, mm -hmm. uh, but like I said, that's you know it is what it is, man. But like I said, they they gaslight us the whole time. You know, he ain't really mean that. Well, what about the Native American? What about Asians and everybody else? But we fighting for shit centuries old. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's still prevalent and still, you know, relative today, man. It's, it's, you know, and they think, like I said, we tripping because, you know, slavery was 200 and some years ago. And bro, like, if you think about it, like I was going, not to get too far off subject, man, but I still have old documents old uh, papers and, and, and archive newspapers um, from many grandparents ago. I'm talking about, I think the, the oldest uh, form of, I think it was some old articles and some old uh, newspaper was, you know, from distant relatives, family, like in the 1800s, like 1864. Mm -hmm. So to still have that, to still put my hands on that stuff, that shit was not long ago, man. You not know what I mean? Like, and they acting all. like this shit was, you feel me, in the 15th, 16th century. So, no, I, you know, it's just like, you know, 
it's, it, it's crazy to think about. But like I said, the closer we get to disseminating this information and, you know, that they're trying to, you know, make a, a mockery of, you know, this consciousness, this wokeness. Um, but at the same time, the closer we get to understanding what America really represents and how it was founded in its early developmental stages, the sooner they want to kick us off that, you know what I'm saying? That, that, yeah. that pedestal. Um, and it's, it's just sad, man. Like, is what like I said, we're trying to frame it into a theory, into an understanding and have a conversation, a constructive mm -hmm. conversation about it. And they just, like I said, just lighting it on fire. You know what I'm saying? Without really having a mature discussion and like, okay, but, so, and we got facts to prove it. So it's like, why are y'all arguing with this? Yeah, well, the thing is this, um, they say in order for you to get what you ask for, your oppressor must have a heart, right? Those in power and those participating in the oppression of many marginalized groups, they don't have mercy to give. They don't have a heart. When you appeal to the, you, you appeal for mercy from the merciless, what would you expect? Right. All they care about is power. They don't care about mercy among no, you know, pick a marginalized group. Hell, they don't care about them 12 year old girls getting snatched for sex trafficking and Walmart parking lots across America. They don't care about Mexicans dying of thirst in the middle of the desert, trying to get out of the damn, uh, you know, poorest environment and desert environment just to come over here and get treated like they, they don't care about whatever condition because it's not their problem. Mm. Right. And they make the laws, they make the rules, they create the infrastructures. They're not confused about why this all occurs and, and what happened. They, they know that the savage has been them the whole time. It's right. not about that. It's only about making sure they maintain power mm -hmm. and gaslight us the whole way. Yeah, That's what it's about. And so right. I think critical race theory is a thing that, that helps us because it, it provides a perspective to people who can be uh, instrumental in change from the inside, right? Um, and it, it creates white allies for us, which is the most valuable uh, portion of it because we should all be teaching our children about who they are and how to navigate this world, you know, even on a personal level uh, in your own homes. But I can say that for the most part, um, it, it really doesn't matter. Like this woke, this woke shit that's going on right now. Now they've allowed the, the most woke people to make a fool of themselves, right? They've turned it into a joke. Oh, you can't be woke enough. And all they've done is skip over the many why the many thousands of very gifted minds of people who, who are computing and, 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 and thinking and, and, and formulating uh, real, real compelling arguments against uh, all of these things that they've, that they've set up. On they, purpose, they've skipped of course. Over, yeah. yeah. They've skipped over the wisest minds of this generation and they yeah. go pick the most emotionally unstable person who's trying to regurgitate what they believe was wisdom under the guise of being woke. And they say, look at this person, this woke person over here. And they just pick the village idiot. And they say, this person, this is what woke is. Yeah. And no, no matter what it is, 
now that's woke. Now woke is an, a, a hyper emotional, emotionally immature, uneducated, uninformed black person who doesn't even really know what their point is, but they feel so strongly and they want to say something, they want to be a part of it. They probably could develop into somebody great. They probably could get that information and become powerful. But right now in their infancy, they look like buffoons. Yeah. And they don't know how to represent their mind. They don't know how to represent what they want. They don't know how to represent what they feel. And they don't know how to ask for what they want. They'll take a mind like that, an undeveloped and a, a, a crinkled up ball of paper of emotions, right? And they'll say, this is what woke is. This is all of them. You've skipped over Dr. Cornell West. You've skipped over Eric Jerome Dyson. You've skipped over a million different yeah. TikTokers. Nelly YouTubes. Fuller, Dr. Bro, like, Anderson, the list goes bro. on. Yeah, yeah, Boyce Watkins, you skipped over, and these are just these are just like social media recognizables, but you skipped yeah. over, not even them, just like there are a thousand high schoolers that would put even Dr. Cornell West on his back. Like there, mm -hmm. there's so much wisdom and, and so many real minds who have something real to say, and they know that, and they skip over those people, and they go find the village idiot. It's the same thing they do when somebody gets shot or a, a robbery happens or a crime. They go find the person who has no teeth, no shoes, no fucking shirt. What happened, sir? You to were speak out here on behalf of the entire neighborhood. Yeah, I live out here in my neighborhood. In my hood, hey, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Tyrone, my nigga Tyrone. What up, nigga? Yeah. I'm on the news. Hey, I'm like, look at that. So I seen the motherfucking shit. I seen the whole shit straight up. Like, and you know, like, man, motherfucker, how you how you even find this dude? I ain't seen the dude this stupid in years, and you found this motherfucker for the interview. Right. Like, come on, man. You know, it was some civilized people on the street. Why don't you ask one of them? But they don't. They want us to be represented like the savage and they will always pick the lowest common denominator to, to do it. And they pick in the lowest common denominator of people in this critical race theory to make examples out of in the, in the classroom. And so that's just how I feel. It's just more of a ploy. So even though I'm against yeah. it, I got to stand with it because if we're, we're separated on this, it just becomes another thing we lost in another part of our voice that's, that's muted. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. They don't, they don't challenge these, you know, phenomenal minds and 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 scholars and PhDs for because they can't spar with them. They they can't, they can't spar with them. <laughs> it's sad, man. Um, like I said, it's all by design, man, to to fortify their narrative. So, but yeah, man. This, like I said, this is a conversation we we wanted to have a lot sooner, but I'm glad we finally got around to it. Just to add our piece and. Like I said, I think moving forward, as long as we get a full grasp, a full understanding of this theory that we already kind of had in our minds to begin with, I think we'll be ready to better informed, more informed to, to confront these things that uh, that our children will eventually go through as, mm -hmm. as black, as young black children. So, um, and like I said, I, I want to wrap up, man, but, you know, it, it kind of spurs into what we deal with on a more common basis, you know, day in and day out and having to come home and try to decompress and vent. And then, you know, you don't want to be too loud or too obnoxious, you know, with your children around and, you know, but it's tough some days, you know what I mean? And, you know, whether you're getting put over by law enforcement or, you know, it, things at work or, you know, somebody at the store giving you issues. It's 
it's a multitude of things, man. So, you know, children see that, they see the frustration at times. Um, they want to understand what's wrong with daddy, what's going on. Um, you know, they, they want the inside scoop and it's kind of, we got to kind of sugarcoat it sometimes. Um, but it's real, man. And uh, it, it definitely affects us in a lot of ways. But, but yeah, man, so obviously we both agree that, you know, this is age sensitive. Yeah, it's like just like a lot of material is, and um, you know we, we kind of want to keep it in a, in this you know in this perspective based based on the age of our children. So uh, if if you had to give an age, what you think it'd be? Maybe you said about sixteen. Once once they start driving, I say about I say, about, I, I, I say once you once you got a mustache, once you got about a mustache, about fifteen. It's when you want to start teaching people. Yeah, you know, these days they have it by like 12. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Well, remember Jesse had the whole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesse had. He had, a, he had a mustache in elementary school. In fifth grade, in fifth grade, we was in elementary see? school. Then he got a mustache straight up. Um, Let me see but, what I need, boy. What you doing? <laughs> I, I feel like, um, I feel like once a young man is becoming a young man and a young woman is becoming a young woman, it can be a disservice to them to teach them too late about, yeah. you know, what they're up against. Right. So you need to make sure that they are prepared for war and prepared to navigate beyond these things before they go to college and realize, Oh shit, this is stacked against me. And mm-hmm. somebody gaslights them and makes them feel crazy because we're not racist. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So right. I, I think it's, it's relevant for a young, uh, uh, for a high schooler to learn it because they might encounter it um, and you start to, you see the effects and you understand the effects a lot more because you start to feel the effects a lot more when you come into adulthood. So, you know, after puberty, when you first get your little peach fuzz and when you about to get your first little piece as a young man, you need to figure out what kind of man you're going to be. And sometimes this will, will give you the realization that uh, it, it ain't about the new Jordans or it ain't about uh, looking fly. It ain't all about chasing ass and tail. You need to be a man out here because shit is out here for you and the shit is out here against you too. So you got to figure out who you're going to be, right? And that determines how great you can be, not, not how many of these young women you can lay down. And same thing for these women. They need to realize that shit real out here. It ain't just about the young the young guy um, who, who you like. It ain't just about your crush. You got to figure out what type of man you want you want to be around. You got to figure out what type of man you respect because eventually it'll mean something in your life because shit will be against you. Mm-hmm. You know, it just can't be about crushes and, and, and blushes. So um, I think 15, 16 is a good time to start that conversation. 15, really, I like 15. Okay, I got you there. Because we could, we could be surprised that they could run to us with questions that... Yeah. And if they run to me way. with the questions, they gonna get yeah. the damn truth. But right. I ain't gonna right be, I ain't gonna go I ain't gonna chase them down with it. Yeah. But if you if you concerned enough to ask, then you already under pressure. You already got some stress and some anxiety. So, you know, I'll give it to you. Right. Straight up. Straight up. Hey K, this was a good one, man. I appreciate it. Hey, family, we, we appreciate you for stopping through for listening to yet another episode. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Spread the word as well share our content we're on all social media uh outlets we're on facebook twitter instagram just search the fatherhood village all right and for all other inquiries we're at the fatherhood village at gmail so without further ado 
It's your boy, Dale Holloway. That's Kev Hick. Peace and love. Peace and love.